Well, good morning, everybody. Glad, glad to be here this morning and to share some thoughts, some principles out of God's Word that I trust will be beneficial for all of us. I go back uh, just a couple of weeks ago with this big snowstorm, and uh, many of you now, uh, if you go by certain places and maybe even in your own property, you'll see trees that are all broken down, limbs that are on the ground. I have a huge pile of limbs that were all gathered up in front of our house waiting to be picked up. Uh, probably would fill up a whole dump truck box. So I would like to share something that has to do with forgiveness and also tree limbs. You probably wonder how that all comes together. Well, there was a book that was written a few years ago by a Charles Braceland Flood, and he reports that after the Civil War, General Robert E. Lee visited a lady in Kentucky that he had known for some time, and she took him to the remains of a grand old tree in her front yard. And there she bitterly cried out, the limbs and the trunk were all destroyed, the Federal Army was here, the artillery was firing, and this tree is all broken down. And she was looking at Lee to see if he would condemn all of this, condemn the Federal Army for what they had done. She was sure that uh, he would agree with her. Well, Lee waited for a brief silence, and then he said, My dear madam, cut it down and forget it. It's better to forgive the injustices of the past than to allow them to remain in case bitterness takes root and poisons the rest of our life. Good advice. Well, closer to our own home, closer to Potsdam, I was reading not too long ago a study that a psychologist had written, and he found that a person's ability and willingness to forgive actually reduced stress and improved one's physical and mental health. And he concluded, and this agrees with General Lee, that a great many health problems are either caused by or made worse by bitterness related to an unforgiving spirit. And then even closer to home, a good friend, family doctor, friend and brother in the Lord who had a lot to do with the founding of our church many years ago, Dr. Jack Austin. Many of you remember him. And I remember one time visiting his office. He had a, some of you may have seen this. There was a sign up behind the desk which said, God does the healing, the doctor just collects the fee. Well, Doc mentioned to me one time that he said in over 25 years of medical practice, he found that people who were bitter, angry, and unhappy in many cases turned out to manifest a lot of physical and mental health problems. Well, that's enough of the negative stuff. Uh, I'd like to move into God's Word and see that he has some directions for us and how he desires to see how this all works out in our lives. And what, what is forgiveness? There are a few examples that we could mention. Well, we start with uh, Webster's Dictionary. How does that define forgiveness? Well, one thing is to, re to give up resentment of something, to pardon or absolve, or to allow room for error or weakness in somebody's life, somebody who had contact with you. And how does forgiveness work in the Old Testament? Well, it was often associated with atoning sacrifices, animal sacrifices. 
And there's a passage in Leviticus 4 which goes into this in quite a great detail. But at the conclusion of that passage, in talking about an animal sacrifice, we read in verse 26 of Leviticus 4, So the priest shall make atonement for him, for his sin, and he shall be forgiven. Well, that's the Old Testament. What is the New Testament pattern? There is a forgiveness pattern which God gives us in his word. And our forgiveness is to be patterned after God's forgiveness. And there are just a a few verses that come out of Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 12. And this reads, Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive either others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So there's an if and there's a then. And just a short anecdote of something that happened to me in many years of prison ministry, I was doing some teaching on this passage and some related ones, and I mentioned that there are some things many things that God will do, but there are many things that he expects us to do. And there was a fellow in the uh, meeting, uh, one of the inmates, his name happened to be Johnny Walker, and he took strong disagreement with me. And he was try- I was trying to go into this and finish the passage, and he stood up and he started jabbing his finger toward me. And I don't react very well when people start jabbing their finger at me. But he was saying that you didn't have to do it. It's not anything that you had to do. Everything you could pray, and, and that's all you had to do. And I kept trying to get into this. Well, he got more and more excited and standing up and jabbing his finger closer. And finally, he got about four feet from me. And I asked him, I said, Johnny, please sit down. Let me go on with this. Well, he was getting more excited and more heated. And finally, I said, Johnny, if you don't sit down, I'll have to make a signal to the officers and they'll have to remove you. That's what happened. They came in, escorted him out. He lost the privilege of being in meetings and uh, Bible studies for some time. Well, getting to the end of this, short, about two months afterward, He came back, he was given his permission to attend these meetings once more, and he came back and he apologized very sincerely for disrupting the meeting and for what he had said to me and for jabbing his finger at me and all of that. And I was, I forgave him and we had a good relationship from that on. He was a star uh, participant in the meeting. So there there are some things there that... We need to think about. And if God's conditions are met, there's no limit to his forgiveness. And if he sins against you seven times in the day and returns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him in Luke 17, 3 from 4. So to experience God's forgiveness, we need to be open to someone who has offended you or sinned against you and has repented and we must forgive. What are some of the barriers that keep us from forgiving? And there are some. Forgiving isn't forgetting. Sometimes people think, well, I'll forget it. But forgiveness, I I don't think so. I don't think I can be ready for this. Time will heal it. I'll forget. But all we accomplish by procrastinating is just allowing bitterness to grow. And remember what 
General Lee had to say about the tree that had been broken down. And But between dwelling on, on something that's offended us, that on the one hand, and trying to forget it on the other, I'd like to think that there's a middle ground that some something happens. And I don't think I've ever seen anything written about this. But if you think back to the time, the last time you had a power outage, we've had more than a few of these in the North Country over the years, uh, we've experienced sometimes a period of low power or a brownout when the lights get dim and this goes on for a while before the lights actually go out. And I'll just put a suggestion in there that I think we'll find agreement from the electricians. If you notice that happening, turn your refrigerator off and a few other things like that to save yourself a big repair bill. But when you have that brownout or life, that period of low power, it could be a situation where you're not dwelling on the bitterness, you're not forgetting it, but there's something there that comes back, maybe over a period of time. Maybe you don't even think about that. Somebody said something to offend you or they've done something, and you don't really think about it all the time, and you haven't forgotten it completely either, but it's something that just comes back every now and then, and that's something that we need to deal with also. We don't want to just paper over the problem, stick it into the background where the lights are on, but they're still dim. There's a brother in the Lord who shared something very recently with me, actually just last week, when I was talking with him about the message that I planned to deliver. And he said that when he was in high school, and this was many years ago, not not as many years for him as it is for me, but he said somebody had offended him. I think it was some somebody, a classmate of his, that had said something that, that really offended him. And after several years, and again, this was like a brownout situation. This never came up, and it never was really in my brother's mind all the time. But finally, he was convinced, and I think this was just several weeks ago, that he needed to deal with this. He needed to approach this person and actually forgive him. And he was sharing with me how, how that was such a healing and how greatly he was relieved. He just felt like a great burden had been lifted when he was able to forgive this person from that something that was just sticking back there. Then another thing that can keep us from forgiveness is, well, I I don't feel in a forgiving mood. I don't feel like it. I've been thankful for many years that my faith is not based upon feelings because we all have things that go up and down just in the course of life. Sometimes Things are going very well. Things are breaking in a good way, and, and then sometimes you're in, in the dumps. Maybe you don't feel well. Maybe some problems have come up. Maybe health problems, financial problems, and we're way down. <clears throat> but uh, a verse of a hymn, I think, is instructive here. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. So we don't want to be sinking. And I think one of the strongest devices that Satan has is to deceive us. He's one of the names by which he's known as the deceiver of the brethren, and so many times he can do that. Well, another barrier that can keep us from forgiving is uh, I can't approach, you fill in the name, I can't approach this person for forgiveness 
because I'll probably be rejected. And I think that happens a lot of times. We're afflicted by the fear of man. You know, we just don't want to be uh, put in a position where somebody might reject us. Well, there's no guarantee that person will accept you. And God doesn't anywhere in his word instruct us to approach somebody unless we're convinced that we'll be accepted. I don't see that any place in the word. Once we've done our part, we've accomplished what God has asked us to do. And scripture tells us, be on good terms with all men so much as it depends on you. So that's something that I think is a good a good direction for us. And uh, here is another, I get my notes here in the right place, some direct paths to forgiveness. One of them in Proverbs 11 says, good sense makes you slow to anger, and it's to his glory to overlook an offense. I'd like to share an illustration with you one time when it It took me a little while to overlook an offense. Several years ago in Potsdam, there was a gas station across from Five Guys. It's where the Chinese takeout restaurant is now. And at that time, many years ago, I had a wood stove. I was heating with wood, and I was sawing up my own firewood. Well, I was working one day. I had the dirtiest, scuffiest-looking clothes on that I owned, I had, my hands were oily, I had, I guess my face was, I had soot on my face, I I looked pretty rough. But I was at the gas station, and I was filling up the gas can because I needed to replenish and get the fuel arranged for uh, for the chainsaw a while later. Well, I noticed as I was doing this, a very expensive car pulled up, and a lady, very primly dressed, uh, very proper looking, sat in the car for a few minutes, and I couldn't quite figure out why she wasn't pumping her gas. There was another pump. Well, she got out of the car pretty soon, and she unloaded on me names that I wouldn't even attempt to mention. If I tried to mention things here today with expletives deleted, all you'd see would be my mouth moving. Uh, I've never never in my life been called the names that this lady called me. And I was pretty devastated. She got in the car and raced off. And I, what, I, I didn't do anything to this lady. Why, why did this happen? Well, a friend who was with me clued me in in a couple of minutes. He said, look, he said, this lady thought you were the attendant and you were supposed to be pumping gas in her car and you just ignored her. And then Okay, well, I, I, I was able to let it go at that point. I had nothing against this lady. I got it. You know, the picture was, was pretty clear. Well, then there's another path to forgiveness which says, don't rejoice when an enemy falls, and don't let your heart be glad when he stumbles, Proverbs twenty four seventeen. And then a tough one here. Pray for the one who misuses you. Matthew 5.44 says, But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And then Luke 6.37 says, Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. All good, good advice. And what are some other direct paths? One of them is avoid being judgmental. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not 
and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Luke 6.37. And I confess to you that this is an area that God has been working on me for a long time. Uh, I can be pretty judgmental. And I've had to come to the Lord many, many times and ask forgiveness for being too critical. Uh, maybe there was some music that was played sometime and it didn't go very well. And I have a friend uh, very close to me who has told me one time, or she, I think she's told me more than a few times, she said, Pete, you're a musical snob. And she's right. I had to agree with her. But there's a, an anecdote or an illustration here that I'd like to share with you about being judgmental. There was a book written by H.A. Ironside. I think this was, this was many years ago. And the book was titled Illustrations of Bible Truth. And Ironside pointed out the folly of judging somebody. And he related an incident in his life, in the life of a man called Bishop Potter. Uh, Bishop Potter was sailing for Europe. This is on one of the great transatlantic liners, ocean liners. And when he went on board, he found that another passenger was there to share the cabin with him. After going to see his accommodations, the cabin, and meeting the other man who was sharing the cabin, he came up to the purser's desk and he inquired, he said, could I leave my gold watch, my cash and other valuables in the ship's safe? He said, ordinarily he would never do this. But he said, I had been to my cabin, I had met the man who was supposed to occupy, who would be occupying the other berth. And judging from his appearance, I was afraid he might not be a very trustworthy person to be rooming with. The purser accepted the responsibility for the valuables, and he looked at the bishop for a minute, and he said, It's all right, bishop. I'll be very glad to take care of it. I'll take those things for you. The other man in your cabin was up here about a half hour ago and left for the same reason. So we can be, we can be very judgmental sometimes. And about the way somebody looks. Now I, I am moving toward a conclusion, and at this point I would ask the uh, worship team to come up, come forward, while I share with you briefly just uh, two final paths to forgiveness. And they are direct paths. They're not things that are difficult to find. This both has to do, both of them have to do with the importance of kindness. And the one verse from Ephesians 4:32 tells us be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. That's Ephesians 4:32. And when we go to a conclusion of the message, I can't think of a better one than God's instruction in Colossians. 3, 12 through 14, which I'll read. Colossians 3, 12 reads, Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you so you must also forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together 
in perfect harmony. And I think all of those directions, all of those passages from Scripture could, in a sense, they could come under that big umbrella. If you think of that big umbrella as God's love, then a lot of these things fall into a good direction under that umbrella.